0: In. It's the Mostly Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Chapman. Tuesday, of February 8th, the trade deadline heating up the Magic Out West. We'll see the Portland Trailblazers tonight. And the Portland Trailblazers have just, it appears, finalized a trade, sending C.J. McCollum to New Orleans. Uh, and Steph No is going to help break that down with me. We're going to talk a little Bulls. Um, and he joins me now. He's covering the uh, NBA at large for the Sporting News. But spent, uh, how many seasons, Steph, did you cover the Bulls for the Athletic? Uh, four, four and a half. Four and a half years there, and you were yeah. the first NBA-only writer for The athletics. so um, you've done a lot of work for that publication, a lot of great work as well, and I appreciate you taking some time. How you doing? Uh, a little bit hectic of a
1: day today <laughs> for uh, the NBA media, yeah. Trade deadline is probably... The busiest week of the year, so it's it's fun, but uh, gotta stay on our toes.
0: Yeah, I uh, I appreciate you carving out some time and a, a very busy week. I asked you a week or two ago because uh, I wanted to talk bulls, I wanted to talk Wendell, Vooch, all that good stuff. Um, <laughs> but then last week you did a really good piece that I very much enjoyed for the Sporting News about fake trades and how to make your fake trades suck less. Um, so I want to yeah, reference that as well. But let's start with the breaking news. I, it, it appears the details now are Nikhil Alexander-Walker um, headed to Portland, Josh Hart as well, draft considerations, um, Sato, and then coming back, McCollum, Nance, I think. Um, so Portland obviously making moves to try to get under the tax. What was your initial reaction to the deal, and, and do those details sound complete? They're, uh, they're pouring in as we speak.
1: Uh, well, we still have to find out what the draft compensation is. That's yep. going to be pretty much the centerpiece of the deal. Um, yeah, what the, um, what the Blazers are getting back here, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, um, he, people were higher on him last year. He's been kind of disappointing this year. So, yeah, just kind of a flyer prospect there, not a ton of value. And then Sato, is um, he hasn't even been in the rotation for the Pelicans, so he's complete salary filler. I don't even know what the other pieces are. <laughs> Who else are they getting from the Pelicans here?
0: Um, this is like Hart just is breaking.
1: Hart... Oh yeah, Josh Hart. So Josh Hart is like the big piece there. He's been yep. great two-way player for the Pelicans. Uh, just really, really solid. They've actually, you know, they started the year 1-12. Uh, and 12, And I think they're, I just heard the stat on the low post. So I want to give credit where credit is due. I think they're 20-20 and 20 since that starts. So yep. they're in the play-in tournament. A lot of that is because of their starting lineup, which has surprisingly been one of the best in the league. And that's with Hart. So yeah, I think that's like the biggest piece that the Blazers are probably interested in besides the draft conversation. And, and the Pelicans have a ton of picks from um, trades that David Griffin has done in the past. And then from the uh, from what they're getting back, I mean, obviously, CJ is like the the big piece there. But Larry Nance is also a very good player that's honestly like kind of been misused um, in Portland by Chauncey Billups. So he's a really good um, just kind of jack of all trades player. Good passer in the short role, he can relieve some of that pressure on Zion when he gets double teamed. Uh, Tony Snell is the other piece; he's a total throw in. Like, uh, he can shoot the ball really well, but um, just not really dynamic. So I don't foresee him getting a ton of playing time with them. And I guess that's that's all the major pieces, right?
0: I guess Nance. I mean, Nance is a, a very interesting player. He can create, and obviously the defense is there. Does that is that kind of Jackson Hayes insurance? Is that your first thought? I mean, Hayes has been there's a whole lot of talent there, but he hasn't necessarily developed as fast as I think they wanted him to.
1: Yes. Like with all, uh, young big men. I mean, I think big men take the longest amount of time to develop and the Pelicans defense hasn't been great. Um, just like positioning, I think is something that you need a lot of time to just a lot of repetitions. And Jackson Hayes, he was, he was like a football player for most of his youth. So he got into basketball late. So it's pretty normal for him to not be like totally ready. Although, as you said, he's shown like a ton of potential. He's like a super freak athlete. Yeah. Um, Nance is pr- definitely going to be more solid though. He's going to be in the right spot more often. Um, yeah, so I think that'll shore up their defense for sure and it looks like Pelicans are doing these moves to try to make a push to get a uh, better seeding in the play in tournament, maybe get up I, I don't think they can get up to the 6th seed, but you know when they get Zion back, they're going to try to make some noise and so I would I would think that Nance probably plays ahead of uh, Jackson Hayes.
0: You're based in New Orleans, I right?
1: I am. I live in New Orleans, so um yeah, this is uh, exciting for me. I get to watch a better team.
0: Yeah, yeah, there you go. What so what's the deal with Zion? Do you is there is there anything newsy on that front? You probably know just as much as uh <laughs> The guys that
1: are dialed in here. Like, it's like they're... asking
0: me for an update on Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz. It's uh, its like nuclear codes, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, I can, I can go down to uh, Bourbon Street, find one of the fortune tellers, uh, pay $5 and get better information than, you know, you're reading all these rumors on Twitter or whatever.
0: <laughs> if you knew something, you probably wouldn't be sharing it with me right now um, yeah. on the uh, the Mostly Magic podcast. Um, no, it's going to be interesting. And then what is it? Does it tell you anything about Portland? I mean, I think we knew that they were – there was probably major changes on the horizon. This doesn't grease the skids for a a Lillard deal, does it? I don't think, is anybody expecting that to happen? Or does this maybe open it up a little bit?
1: I think it definitely has an effect because you have to keep in mind that, you know, in this era of basketball, if the stars aren't happy, then they're going to ask for a trade. And clearly the Blazers have gotten a lot worse from these two trades. Uh, I mean, they're signaling that they're going to, they're, they're going to call it a retool, but it's basically a rebuild with Dame there. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be tough for them. If, if he has to leave, then that's that's probably it. They're probably starting from scratch.
0: Do you think 20, uh, what, 48, 50 hours from now, CJ McCollum is the biggest name that was dealt?
1: Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. No, I think Simmons is going to get dealt. I think he is. Really? Yeah. I've written a couple stories about it. Like, I think Maury is kind of playing the media right now. Um, Yeah. Like if you look at his past history, every single time that his teams have had a 5% or better chance of winning the title, which the Sixers do right now, um, he's been very, very aggressive. So I think he's bluffing. Yeah.
0: What kind of return? Do you have ideas for destinations and returns? It's just so sort of up in the air, how he's judged across the league. I know smart evaluators are still going to say that's a very good basketball player, but I have to think what he's done has, uh, you know, not necessarily crippled, but, but certainly hampered his uh, people's opinions on him across the league.
1: Get into the magic. Yeah, let's do it. You guys have way too many big men. Wendell Carter. I don't know if you're willing to trade him, but I actually have a story uh, coming out. It came out this morning. I didn't, tweeted out because everybody's, uh, obviously focused on this trade, news stuff, but I watched like the last 10 magic games for the story that I did. So I have a decent feel of the team and yeah, I, I actually really like some of the young players on the magic. I think that, um, I'm probably way higher on their future than most people.
0: All right, so so you think Ben would be a good fit? Take me through why, and and no, I, I'm going to tell you right now, Wendell's not going anywhere. We've been very, I was, very. I mean, I was I was just joking around, I I know, don't really I know, that, but uh... but but I do think I think there's there is some talk around, you know, potentially turning some of those younger pieces into a player like Ben. I'm just not sure you do it right now because the rebuild is is kind of fresh. But but take me through why you think he'd be a good pick, and and it's so rare, Steph, that I get to talk to somebody who has watched. Ten straight magic games. Uh, give me give, give me your impressions on the team.
1: <laughs> well, their guard play is obviously really weak behind um, Cole Anthony. Cole Anthony's been great, but uh, aside from that, like, yeah, the they have talent. Like I said, they have like a big talent imbalance, so they need to balance out the roster. And then, I don't know if you're a Mosley fan or not. Um, and I don't know how much of this to put on him because with young players, like I said, with Jackson Hayes, like they're just not going to be very good. All of them are not very good until they get more experience. But when I watch the magic, I just see really, really sloppy play, like sloppy execution. Uh, one of the games I watched, like the first play. So, I mean, you practice the first play, like they're drawing it up, they're doing it and shoot arounds and practice and whatever. They had a post up for Franz Wagner, Wagner, who's awesome. I mean, I don't need to tell you that. And then two seconds later, Mo Bamba posts up in the exact same spot, like a foot away from him when he has the ball and is trying to back in. I mean, there's just like never happens in the NBA. Like this, that's terrible to have two players posting up within a foot of each other with one, one of them has the ball. And then another game I watched, I think they started the game like over nine or something. Like they got eight offensive rebounds and missed every single shot. <laughs> that's also something that just never happens, you know? And I, I see them run like, um, i think there's a misconception among fans that teams are all running like different sets and stuff and like there's statue of liberty plays that you can just roll out there and uh um, genius coaches can figure that stuff out that's actually not true like every team is running variations on the same stuff so the yep. magic r2 um but they're just not running stuff cleanly. like they're not setting screens with correct timing they're not coming off the screens well Um, their spacing is just like a couple feet off and this stuff really matters. That's what is the difference between these sets resulting in points and, you know, resulting in turnovers. So yeah, they, uh, as I said, like a lot of it is a function of youth, but I've just haven't really been impressed with Mosley either.
0: I think he's, I think there's, you know. He is in a tough spot, obviously, and there's I think there's growth both within the coaching staff and the young players that clearly needs to happen. I also think there's been a whole lot of um, just sort of ins and outs, starts and stops to the season with young players that have been difficult to adjust to. Not a whole lot of time to to gain familiarity because there have been injuries. Um, And when you have that level of youth, I think people are still figuring out who they are within this team construct. I mean, I'm not sure... You have a sense of, okay, this is the ceiling for any of these guys necessarily, with the exception of a few of the veterans. And so I think it's been kind of a square peg, round hole type situation. Um, hopefully you gain a little clarity after uh, after Thursday, because I have a feeling there's probably going to be a few faces not here anymore. and Maybe you can settle into those roles the last 30 or so games of the season. With that said, like Franz, like you said, has been really good. Wendell's been very, very good. They've been very, very efficient especially over the last six weeks or so Um, moving forward. If you are uh, uh, John Hammond and Jeff Weltman, what are you looking for? Are you going to be very active in the next 48 hours? Um, And, and what kind of players do you think could help uh, sort of jumpstart that rebuild a little bit more?
1: Well, I want to go back to something you said about these guys not knowing what exactly they are. And I totally agree with that. You know, the, I, I've uh, mostly covered the bulls before I did, um moved to all of the NBA this season. So, you know, the Bulls were rebuilding for a really long time. I think that they let go of Wendell too soon. And he was 19 when he was drafted. He played two and a half years for the Bulls. And now he looks a lot better with the magic. And a lot of that is just due to um, him gaining confidence and learning what his game is going to be at the NBA level. Yeah, He was a terrible three-point shooter in Chicago. He wouldn't shoot the ball at all. And he's shooting it now... Um, not a great percentage, but he does not hesitate to let them go. And that changes the way defenses guard him. So now he can pump fake, he can drive attack closeouts. Um, You know, they can pick and pop with him. He can shoot trail threes, a lot of really good stuff. So I think that's the same situation with the magic where I said, you know, I I believe in a lot of the talent that they have, but they just need to um, clean up some of their mistakes and figure out what, what they are. And Trading players when they're not playing well and they're still really young, like they still don't even have three full years in the league. I think that that um, like from a from a fan perspective, that can be very tempting, but uh, it can it can really burn you if you're doing it with young players, because these are they're not even close to the player they're going to be in five years.
0: Right. Yeah. And the Bulls deal. I mean, that was that's one of those deals that it looks like in hindsight worked out for both both sides. I know Vooch hasn't put up the numbers necessarily, but the team is winning um, and he has sort of slid into a tertiary role. And I think that's probably ideal on a, on a championship contending team. Will you just give me your early impressions of Vooch, what, how he's fit? Cause I've seen some negative reaction from Bulls Twitter about him, but then I saw a bunch of negative reaction from Bulls Twitter about Wendell last year as well. Um, I think, you know, it's Twitter. I think you can expect hot takes and overreactions um, but the team's winning, right? I mean, everybody's pretty happy with what they've gotten as far as that deal goes so far, right?
1: If you think that the Magic would like to trade Franz Wendell and another first We're round good. pick for We're Vucevic, good. like I think that tells you all you need to know, right? <laughs> so, um, I don't think Vucevic's been a total disaster, but certainly the Magic won that trade by a lot. Um, yeah, the thing with Vucevic is like the system that the Bulls play; they have their big man uh, facilitating a lot of their offense from like beyond the three point line, which uh, the magic do this too, with Wendell a little bit, they run these delay sets with him. So they need a guy who is a good passer, who is a good shooter. I mean, they basically needed like a turbocharged version of Wendell. Right. And so that's what they thought they were getting in Vucevic. He's done a lot of the stuff as far as playmaking, setting good screens, stretching the floor, but he just hasn't made his shots. I mean, that's the biggest thing. Like, their most recent game, he airballed a 14-footer by two feet. So uh, you just don't see him do that. There's something. There's some sort of mental block that he's had this year with the Bulls as far hmm. as his offense. So that's been a little bit disappointing, and he's fluctuated a lot. Uh, he it seems like he either has really really good games or just awful games, and nothing in between.
0: Does it coincide with one of Zach or DeMar being out of the lineup? Does it feel like when he slides into second banana roll, he he puts up a 35 and 15 game or something like that?
1: No, I mean, it's pretty random. Like that has happened at times, but also when they've needed him because one or two of those guys have been out, he's had some of his worst games. Hmm. So uh, what he says is that, it's just a totally different role for him like he knew when he was with the magic he was going to get 20 shots so right. he missed a couple no big deal and with the bulls um he's not getting they don't post him up nearly as much as the magic did so that's certainly a big change he's playing more on the perimeter and then yeah he doesn't quite know where all of his shots are going to come from so yeah in fairness to him i mean there is an adjustment period there but He's just been missing a lot of layups, uh, just not shooting the ball nearly as well from three, not shooting the ball as well from everywhere on the court. So he's a he's a smart basketball player. He's always going to contribute in that way. It's just uh, the Bulls could definitely use some more reliable offense from him.
0: I wonder if there are spacing issues, too, or if it's just an adjustment for him. Um... Just because a player like Damaru operates so well in the mid-range, it, it takes away some of the space that I think Booch is comfortable with, um, or at least as Steve Clifford focused on over the last couple of seasons. What do you think? If the Magic move, Terrence, Gary, um, Mo, those are the three names you're hearing a lot, Robin Lopez as well. What kind of a return can you expect? Is it going to be kind of pieces, parts?
1: I love Robin Lopez. He played on the Bulls for a number of years. I saw uh, he got a technical the other day for – from the bench down on the floor—that was crazy. I've never seen anything like that before.
0: We've had stuff. We've had multiple. I, Mo has picked up a couple. We've had multiple texts from the bench so far this year, which is when you got twelve wins, it's not something that, that you want to be picking up. I think.
1: So is is a uh, Rolo on a two-year deal or on a one-year deal? I can't remember.
0: Uh, it's a one-year.
1: Okay, yeah. So with him, I don't know if there's a ton of value because he's probably going to get bought out. So teams are just going to wait for that. With uh, Harris, I think it's interesting because he was thought of as such a terrible deal uh, a couple years ago, but he's played so well for the Magic. I think the latest, I mean, you would know this better than me, but I think the latest thing I heard was they're looking for a first round pick for him, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, the, the, what's floated was at a, a first for, for Terrence and Mo and Gary. I don't think that's probably going to, um, I'm not sure any of those guys are going to net that, but if you get, I think if you get somebody desperate on Thursday morning, you might be able to land one of those, or maybe two of them for for a first, for a heavily protected first.
1: Yeah, I mean, from my point of view, uh, I like Harris the most out of that group. I think Terrence Ross is like a little bit overrated, to tell you the truth. Like he, um, if you look at his performances in the playoffs, like they haven't been great. So I think he's more of a regular season player than a guy who can play big minutes in the playoffs. yeah, just like too, too inconsistent on offense. I think he's – yeah, I just think he's a little bit overrated. And then uh, Mo, like I, I, don't, I don't think he has a ton of value. Like the Bulls had an opportunity to get him last year and they, um, they flipped him for Troy Brown Jr., I believe. So, yeah, I, I just don't think he has a, a ton of value
0: throughout the league. Um. So, so moving forward, if, if you were to spend it two, three years from now, and, and I'll leave you with this, um, this magic core, like what do you, what are you building around Franz and Wendell specifically? Is it, do you see Cole as a lead guard? Do you see him coming off the bench? What do you think the magic core, all things, if everything works out well, looks like in two or three years?
1: I think Franz Wagner is a stud. I mean, when I watch him, I'm just blown away at how versatile he is at his size. It's, it's, uh, very special. So like, he's definitely the one, a prospect there. And then Cole, um, you know, he had such a bad year last year and the magic are obviously not, um, doing great this year. So I think a lot of people are sleeping on just how much different he is this season. Yeah. I think he's been fantastic for the magic. And, um, you know, he was such a heralded high school prospect. He went through a bunch of crap in college with his injuries and stuff like that. So, yeah, I those two guys and then Wendell is just so solid. I don't think Wendell has the highest ceiling. Like I think he kind of is what he is uh at this point, which is like a really good player. If you look at the plus minus data on him too, like he's I think he's by far the most impactful because he's just doing a lot of small things out there that um you know, small winning plays, setting really good screens, boxing out, stuff that um isn't flashy but helps you win games. So, yeah, I think those three are definitely going to be with the magic um, and and the next good magic team.
0: Yeah. And, uh, and hopefully that's sooner than later. Um, Steph, I really appreciate you taking some time carving some out on a very, very busy day. Um, I will look out for, uh, for all your reports on all these trades on the sporting news and we'll make sure uh, hopefully we can do it again sometime down the road. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Absolutely. There he is. Steph, no, make sure you read all of the stuff in the sporting news. This has been another edition of the mostly magic podcast. We'll have another next week until then stay safe, everybody.